Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Presented by Farhan bin Rafi' Ahmed. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Inna alhamdulillah nahmadu wa nasta'inu wa nasta'gfiruh. Wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina min sayyati amalina. Man yahdi illa fala mudillala. Wa man yudlil fala ntajida lahu waliyan murshida. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah al-ahadu al-qahhar. Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu rasooluh. يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون Indeed all praise and thanks belongs to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala alone We seek his help, his assistance and guidance in all things He whom Allah tabarak wa ta'ala guides there is none that can misguide him And he whom Allah tabarak wa ta'ala leads astray there is none that can guide him Except through the will and permission of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala alone And I bear witness and testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, and that Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib al-Hashimi al-Qurashi was the final messenger and prophet sent to all of mankind. O you who believe, fear Allah. Fear Allah as he deserves to be feared, and do not die except in a state of Islam. Do not die except that you are Muslims. Rabbi shrahli sadri, li amri, wa ahlil min lisani, yafqahu qawli. Alhamdulillah. This is lesson 17. If someone is listening, uh, later on, on either the podcast or the playlists or what have you, the next lesson that you will listen to will also say lesson 17, but in fact that is 18, and that is because last week we unfortunately missed a verse, and so we got to do this again. So, inshallah, we will take uh, the fourth verse of Surah Al-Baqarah, and this is lesson 17. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, وَالَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكَ وَمَا أُنزِلَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ وَبِالْآخِرَةِ وَبِالْآخِرَةِ هُمْ يُوقِنُونَ And those who believe in that which was revealed upon you and that which was revealed prior to you and in the hereafter, they have full conviction. Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah who died in the year 516 after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He says وَالَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكَ And those who believe in that which was revealed upon you He says this is the Qur'an right? Very simple, this is the Qur'an وَمَا أُنزِلَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ He, Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah says From the Torah, that which was revealed upon Musa alayhi salam the Injil, that which was revealed upon Isa alayhi salam, and all of the books which were revealed upon the previous prophets alayhi salam. So that which was revealed revealed before Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam is anything that isn't the Quran, that was revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed upon the prophets alayhi salam. Something that is also important as well. And I haven't mentioned I haven't actually written this down, but just subhanAllah I I forgot to write this in, subhanAllah, that which was revealed upon you is the Qur'an and also the sunnah of the Prophet because we know that the sunnah of the Prophet is also a revelation that is divinely inspired. Right? That what he says, what he speaks is not from his whims and desires but rather it is divine revelation that has been revealed. And something that is a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that says, إِنَّمَا أَقُولُ مَا أُقَوَّلُ 
إِنَّمَا أَقُولُ مَا أُقَوَّلْ I say as I am made to say. Indeed, I say as I am made to say. يعني that which comes from the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, from the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his prophetic statements, is also divine revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Coming back to it, Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he mentions, who died in the year 671, after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, it has been said that this is regarding those who believed from the people of the book, like Abdullah ibn Salam, and because of him, this was revealed. So over here we have one of the possible reasons of revelation. That this was regarding those who believed from the people of the book like Abdullah ibn Salam. And because of him, it was revealed. And it has been said, this is a second opinion. It has been said that it is general upon all of the believers. It is general upon all of the believers. Firstly, Abdullah ibn Salam an, was from the people of Al-Madinah. And he was a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi, uh, a rabbi for the Jews. And he embraced Islam at the point of hijrah. And he became one of the closest companions of the Prophet ﷺ during his lifetime. And he died in Al-Madinah in the year 43 after the hijrah of the Prophet ﷺ. But what this initial يعني, opinion means is that it is regarding those who believed in the books previously and then they embraced Islam. يعني, think about it this way. Before the Prophet ﷺ, the people were in different segments. The people were of different segments. So those who were upon monotheism as a fitra, they just believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in one being and they did not believe in the idols. Okay, there were still some people upon this way. Then you had people who were Christians and they were split into two parts. Those who were sincere and those who were not. And we know this from the story of Salman al-Farisi radiallahu an when he embraced Islam. And then you had the Jews, some who were sincere and some who were not. And subhanallah, you also had the people who were on the religion of Quraysh from the idolatry and the shirk that they were upon from polytheism. And then you had other religions like al-Majus, the Zoroastrians, or sometimes they referred to as fire worshippers. But modern Zoroastrianism, they say that this is not a good depiction of their religion and that's a different يعني, can of worms. But Al-Majus and other religions like it. But subhanAllah, those who embraced Islam from being the people of the book, from specifically being the Christians and the Jews, they had this thing that they believed in the previous revelations. So this was like a favor upon them that they believed in a revelation and then they came and they believed in the revelation of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So they had this extra thing that they had because the people who were idolaters, the people who were the polytheists, what happened with them was that they came from shirk to Islam. Okay, they came from disbelief, complete disbelief to Islam. Whereas those who were Christians and Jews, they had some sort of revelation that they believed in. So they had this concept of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and divinity. So they had this extra thing that they could say that we believed in two things. We believed in that which came before the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and that which came upon the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But from the general aspect of this, from the verse itself and that which comes before, we can say that the second opinion is stronger and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best that this is regarding all of the believers. This is regarding all of the believers. It is general to all of the believers. Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he makes a point of mention. He says, وَمَا أُنزِلَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ وَمَا أُنزِلَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ And that which was revealed before you, this is referring to the previous books. 
this is referring to the previous books. Regardless of what the Jews and the Christians did. Boys, yeah. Yeah. Back to me. Back to me. Don't worry about that. Back to me. وَمَا أُنزِلَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ And that which was revealed previous to you, he says that this is referring to the previous books Imam Al-Qursi rahimahullah is mentioning. Regardless of what the Jews and the Christians did to their books. Regardless of it. Now the position of Islam, my brothers and sisters, regarding these books is that these books originally were given to the children of Israel, to Bani Israel, as revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But due to them being limited to their community specifically, and because it was not revelation to all of humanity, and it was specific to that time, they were not granted the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of preservation. They were not granted the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of divine preservation. Which is different to the Qur'an. Why the Qur'an is preserved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is for two reasons generally speaking. It's for two reasons why the Qur'an is divinely protected, preserved. The first is that it is not limited to a community. It is not limited, limited to the Arab community or the Arab peninsula or a lineage like the lineage of Hashim. But rather, it is for all of humanity. It is for all of humanity. And the second reason is that there is no limit in time upon this religion. It is not limited or constrained by time. The second point here is that this message is from the point of revelation till the last day. So from the point of revelation till the last day as it is the final message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to all of mankind. So what is our relationship with the previous books? If we are supposed to believe in the previous books, what is supposed to be a Muslim's foundation upon the previous books? You are supposed to say that we believe in them. So what's the actual relationship we're supposed to have with the previous books? We believe in their original nature. We believe in their original nature. That originally, they were revelations from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were revelations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon whoever it descended upon. Whoever it descended upon. For instance, the Torah and the Injil been specifically descending upon who? The children of Israel, Bani Israel. Specific to them. But we believe, we as Muslims believe that these books were corrupted. We believe that these books and these previous texts were corrupted predominantly by their scholars. Predominantly by their scholars. And what remains is a hybrid. What remains, not, not a Corolla, relax. What remains is a hybrid of either lies and corruption and things that may be true or not. What remains is a hybrid of either lies and corruption and things that may be may or not be truth. May or may not be truth. As once you have placed doubt in a single part of a book, the entire book becomes not credible. Once you have a single thing, one point of error, one point of doubt, in a single portion of something that you say is divine revelation, once you have put doubt in just one verse, one chapter, one portion, one contradiction, the entire thing is up for doubt now. Right? Because how can we say it's credible? 
Because the entire thing now, it's like having يعني, these examples, somewhat feral, but يعني, you keep listening to it, you keep hearing it. You have a, a bottle of water, you drop a, يعني, you drop a drop of urine in it, and then you say to someone, drink it. You're not going to drink it, because it's not water anymore. It's been contaminated. So you do that with one verse, one chapter, one passage, something of it, then the entire book becomes up for question. Nothing is there that is credible. It's all doubt. Could this be from that one drop? Or is this from the, the original source? We don't know. So it becomes this thing of that which was placed in it, changed, lies, or that which could be true or could not be true. Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, who died in the year 774 after the hijrah of the Prophet wasallam, he has a good summary in his introduction of his book regarding the passages of the Injil and the Torah. Regarding the passages of the Injil and the Torah. The Bible and the Old Testament. He says that the passages of the Torah and the Injil are not to be used as foundations in our faith. They are not to be used as foundations of our faith. But rather, it is used for support. It is that which is used for support. And he says, but they are of three types, three categories. That which is coming from the Torah and the Injil specifically. The first is that which we know of its truth. That which we know to be true. 100% From that which we have in our hands When he says that which we have in our hands What does he mean? The Quran and the Sunnah Of the Prophet And that What we have in our hands Is an evidence for its truth Is an evidence for its truth And this portion Is correct To be used As corroborating evidence Or supportive evidence Evidence This portion here For example This example is from myself Not from Ibn Kathir Right For instance If we said Harun Aaron Harun Is the brother of Musa Is the brother of Musa Alayhi salam Moses In the Quran I say Harun Is the brother Of Musa Alayhi salam We mention this In the Quran And then I say and it is also mentioned in the previous books. So over here, my foundation is that they are prophets in Islam. They're brothers in Islam. And then I say, it has been mentioned in the previous books as well. So my foundation is what? The Quran, the Sunnah. And then this is something that I can say, I can throw in there, as a supportive evidence that it has been mentioned. First is clear. Okay. In saying this, there's no harm, inshaAllah. Insha'Allah, there is no harm in this. The second, Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, he mentions, that which we know to be falsehood, that which we know to be falsehood from that which we have in our hands. What's in our hands, brothers? The Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. For example, again, this example is from myself, not from Ibn Kathir. The allegations against the Prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they were... Actually, I'm not going to even utter them. Wallah, I'm not going to utter them. Right? That they were not upright in their character. The prophets, allegations against them, we're not going to even say it. That they were not upright. Okay? 
We know this and believe this to be falsehood. Okay? So this cannot even be mentioned or shared unless it is to show the corrupt nature of the book itself. So for instance, if I said, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect me from this statement, but if I say, Sulaiman was a great prophet of Allah, but in the previous books it has been mentioned that he did one, two, and three. So I'm using that as somewhat putting a shadow of doubt in Sulaiman alayhi salam. I'm saying Sulaiman in, in the Quran is a prophet of Allah, a powerful prophet of Allah. But in the previous books, I'm not denying, I'm not, I'm using it as evidence of claims that have been put against him. I'm not denying it. So if I, يعني, is this allowed for, for me to say? No, of course not. But if I had said Sulaiman is a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he had might that was given to him by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he is free from that which is mentioned in the previous text. That which they say is from the previous text. That he did one, two, and three. Now over here I'm denying. I'm not using it as evidence. I'm not using it as something to support the argument. It's over here a denial of that which has been mentioned. So over here this is okay. But me just saying to place doubt in his character. Using that as evidence. That cannot be used. Or for instance another example. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the heavens and the earth in six days and rested on the seventh. We know this to be falsehood, complete batal, complete falsehood. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in need of any rest. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would take a blink, just a moment of rest, then everything that is created will fail to exist. Everything that is created, everything just shuts down. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rested for a moment, because everything is existing by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله There is no might, no power. Nothing exists except through the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So over here, this statement that Allah rested. لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله نعوذ بالله Right? We seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's protection from this statement. But over here, this is something that needs to be rejected. It needs to be rejected. And then, the third category. The third category is that which our books are silent upon. That which our books are silent upon. We do not believe in it. This is the first part. We do not believe in it. We don't affirm that it's complete truth. Nor do we deny it. We don't believe in it. Nor do we deny it. And Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, he explains, he says, usually this is trivial matters. Trivial matters that have actual no relevance in the matters of religion. Trivial matters that have no effect or relevance in the matters of religion. For example, some of the examples that he gives is for instance, what type of tree was the staff of Musa alayhi salam from? Does that have any effect in... Stop laughing. Does that have any effect in this religion? What type of tree it was? Or for instance, what color was the dog that was in the cave? Right? Over here, there's no tradition. There's no hadith, no ayah, nothing. So over here, we can... There's ikhtilaf now. On this portion here, there is khilaf. Can we use this or not? Right? Can we even use this or not? There's a big khilaf. Some of the scholars were like, yes. Some of the scholars were on no. But that's a, a different issue now. But this is the type that we are saying we don't believe in. Nor do we deny. But they are there. Okay? So, something important over here is 
for the statements that are clear kufr, clearly disbelief, or something we know to be incorrect, like for instance the crucifixion of Isa alayhi salam, something that we know did not happen. It did not happen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised him. We know that he wasn't crucified. So these are the things that we are told to clearly disbelieve in. So this position that we commonly hear is that we don't believe nor do we disbelieve in the previous texts. This is very limited. It's very limited. It's not a blank statement that we don't believe or disbelieve in the previous texts. It's very limited. Do you get what? Who's heard of the statement that we don't believe or disbelieve in the previous texts? Who's heard of that one? One, two. Okay. Never heard of that one? You heard? Allah, so he put his hand up. Now, after I put a bit of pressure on him, you know what I mean? I broke him. Imagine that. <laughs> so, over here, this is a very common misconception. That when people talk about the previous text, they say we don't either affirm it nor deny it. But what about the clear points of kufr inside of it? You, of course you have to deny it. Of course you have to deny it. And that which is true, 100%, you have to affirm it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created everything. For instance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created everything. Right? You can't deny that. You can't deny that Adam was a prophet, a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For instance, you can't deny that. So over here, that which is... 100% truth from our faith You accept, you affirm Okay, you don't deny that Because you could be denying something that is true What you have to deny is what? That, that which is clearly kufr That which is clearly disbelief And that which you say silent upon Is that which is our, our books have remained silent upon Right? From the trivial matters of for instance What type of tree did Nuh Create his ark from? As well, it's an actual thing <laughs> It's an actual thing Now or like what type of animals and you know what I mean? How many feathers on a bird and what type of bird did Ibrahim alayhi salam use when he Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered him to place it in different places of the mountain? These types of trivial things. Nothing that makes any religious significance. Now, point clear, everyone understand? Okay, alhamdulillah. There is a very famous hadith which touches upon a very important question of how many Previous revelations were there? How many previous things are we supposed to believe in? <laughs> what are we believing in? <laughs> I found that funny. Now, <laughs> tough crowd. There is a very famous hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed a hundred revelations and four books. A hundred revelations, yani shorter revelations, and four books. Who's heard of this one before? Sometimes it's mistranslated to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed a hundred and four books. Has anyone heard that one before? Never? Okay, yeah? Yeah? What? Uh, okay, good. The problem with this is da'if. The narration is da'if. It is, yani it has no credible chain of narration. This hadith is not authentic. This hadith is not true. Okay? That's the first point. It's very famous. I'm surprised that you guys haven't heard that one before. That this hadith is not authentic. It is. Uh, it has no credible chains of narration. The truth of the matter is that we do not know how many revelations there were previously. We do not know how many revelations they were previously. But we know some by their names. We know some by their names. Can I crack at it? Should I? Should we ask what type of 
What are the names? Come on, listen. All right. The Torah. The first is the Torah, which was given to who? Musa alayhi salam. And it is also called a suhuf. A suhuf. According to one of the opinions, they say that it wasn't two separate things, that it was all just one revelation. It was a Torah. Let's just go with a Torah given to Musa alayhi salam. The second is the Injil. It was given to Isa alayhi salam. The third is a Zabur. The Zabur, which is given to Dawood alayhi salam, which is translated, what's the English word for it? The Psalms, the Palms. <laughs> It's no, Psalms. It's not palms. Psalms. Huh? It's it's actually spelled with a P though. <laughs> yeah, English bro. Allah. Um, the Zabur, which was given to Dawood alayhi salam, and then we have a Suhuf, which were given to Ibrahim alayhi salam. A Suhuf, huh? Yeah, Suhuf Ibrahim wa Musa, right? Suhuf, which was given to Ibrahim alayhi salam. Now, we know that there were more revelations, but we do not know of their names and their messages. We do not know of their names, nor of their messages, but we are, have to, we are to have iman in them. We are to have iman in them. That yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down messages to various prophets at various times. We believe them. And we believe in them as they were revealed to, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But our belief is that the Qur'an is the final message. And that makes the previous texts abrogated in its rulings. It makes the previous texts abrogated in its rulings. That if there is a single difference of rulings from one book <coughs> to another... The other books are not to be given any weight whatsoever. If there's any difference of opinion between the Quran and anything else, the other texts, we're not to even look at them. Khalas. And the Quran is the final message to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to all of humanity. This is the, this is the belief that we're supposed to have in this verse. But this, the, the, yani why I'm going through this is that those who believe in that which was revealed before you, how do you have that belief? This is it. This is it. And something that is important, that even if it wasn't corrupted, even if the Injil was not corrupted, something important, or the Torah was not corrupted, let's just say, hypothetically saying, right, with the Qur'an being revealed, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, that this is what I've chosen for you, this book here is what I've, been cho- I've, I've chosen for you, then it abrogates everything that comes before. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given this power to the Qur'an. He's given this legitimacy to the Qur'an. Okay? Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he says, it has been said that those who believe, uh, this is actually a good one, this is really good, it's an athar, it's an athar tradition that has been mentioned, Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he said, it has been said that when those who believe in the unseen was revealed, the previous verse, right, part of the previous verse, those who believe in the unseen when it was revealed, the Jews and the Christians, they said, they stated, we believe in the unseen. We believe in the unseen too. Right? Try to tag along. <laughs> and then when it was revealed, those who established the prayer, they said, the Jews and the Christians at the time, they said, we established the prayer. It's us too. We established the prayer. 
And then when it was revealed, and those who give from that which they have been provided, the Jews and the Christians then they said, we give in charity too. We also give in charity. And when it was revealed, and those who believe in that which was revealed upon you and that before you, that which was revealed, revealed before you, they fled from this revelation. They did not agree with this revelation. This one here was the criteria. This one here, which is that which is different from us and them. So over here, something that is important is that anyone who misses, anyone who loses one of these traits cannot be considered from the believers. If you don't believe in the unseen, then over here you can't be a Muslim. What do you want me to do? You don't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can I help you in any way, shape or form? You don't believe in the Akhirah. Over here, how have you embraced Islam? So these are very, very simple things. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are saying the believers are who? They who come with all of this. They who come with all of this. SubhanAllah, one of my friends, uh, one of the converts that we had that was studying with us in Al-Madinah, uh, a very beautiful brother, he was telling me his story of how he embraced Islam and that someone was giving him da'wah. And he was a Christian and SubhanAllah, and he's, he's been in Medina for like, He's just, he's just stopped, he's just like, khalas, he's given up on Australia. He's just like, he's just, that's it, he's not coming back. Uh, and he was telling me, يعني, that one of the brothers back in the day, they were giving him da'wah from the Liverpool crew, Sheikh Faiz's old crew, right? They're giving him da'wah. And everything was sorted. He went then back to his priest. And then he goes to his priest, and he says, but this one, that doesn't make sense. And he's going through it back and forth, and the priest said basically, whether you're a Muslim, a Christian, it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. See this kumbaya mentality? It's just, it's just, it's just hang about, you know what I mean? Kick back together. It's all the same thing. You can be that, and I can be this, it's fine. Be and let be. And then so he didn't embrace Islam. He didn't embrace Islam. And so he went back to his mate, the Muslim brother who was giving him da'wah. And the brother's like, cool, what happened, bro? And then he's like, I went to my friend, my guy told me, it's all the same. It's all the same. A Christian, Muslim, same thing. He's like, no, the Christians are going to Jahannam. And the Jews are going to Jahannam if they have heard of Islam. And Islam is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen. So you have to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yes, we believe in that which was revealed before. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala went through the da'wah. And he embraced Islam. But if he didn't do that, if he tried to settle it down, water it down, and say, oh, you can do whatever, we believe in this and believe in that, this whole mentality, like the Christians and the Jews have tried with the Nabi Sallallahu We believe too. We believe in the unseen. We believe. But when it comes to reality of belief in the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that which was revealed upon him, then this became the criteria. Once the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came, then belief in him was not optional. Belief in him was obligatory. And if someone does not believe in the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he has not even come with half of the faith. The testimony of faith is of two parts. The shahada of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Allah, the belief in Allah, and then the belief in the messenger. Continuing. Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah, he says, He says, the hereafter, the hereafter, he says, the dunya itself was named because because of its closeness to the hereafter. Because of its closeness to the hereafter. And the akhirah, was named Akhirah because of it being after the dunya. Now, this is a linguistic issue. 
This is a linguistic issue in the Arabic language that dunya stems from the word, from a word meaning closeness. Meaning closeness. And akhirah comes from a word, stemming from a word that means other or delayed. And this was also mentioned by Imam Al-Qurtabi and others. That why dunya has this name? Because, because of its closeness to, its, to the akhirah. Because after the dunya is al-akhirah. So that's why this, this is called the dunya. And al-akhirah was called akhirah because it comes after the dunya. Right? So this is a linguistic issue. As for yuqinun, Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah, he states, this is certainty upon knowledge. Certainty upon knowledge. And he says that it is based upon istidlal. It is based upon istidlal. Deductions based on evidence. Deductions based on evidence. Trying to translate that word took me a long time. Istidlal. Istidlal, deductions based on evidence. Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he says, They know of the resurrection and the afterlife. They know of the resurrection and the afterlife. And he says, Yaqeen itself, conviction is knowledge without any doubt. Knowledge without any doubt. Whereas today, Yaqeen promotes doubt. <laughs> you guys do with that as you wish. Imam <laughs> Al-Tabari, who died in the year 310 after the Hijrah of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, Come back to the class, ya Allah. He says that this belief, this belief is the belief in that which the mushrikun, the polytheists, they rejected. It's the belief of that which the mushrikun, the polytheists, rejected from the resurrection, the accounting of deeds, the scales, the rewards, the punishment. And other than it, from that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for his creation on the day of judgment. What are you supposed to, what does this entail? Over here, Imam Tabari rahimahullah, it's saying that it's belief upon that which the mushrikun, they rejected. Believing in what they rejected. Not that believing in يعني, the rejection itself, that we rejected. No, no, no. In what they rejected, you believe. What did they يعني, have a problem with? They said that we are not going to be resurrected. There's no life after death. We just die, we become dust. Right? We just soil away in the ground. That's what's going to happen. We just decay. There's no afterlife. There's no Jannah. There's no Jahannam. There's no one in the sky. These are the type of concepts that they denied. Right? So over here, this is what you believe in. So, what you are supposed to believe in is... Everything that they denied from the resurrection, the accounting of the deeds, the scales, the rewards, the punishments, and other than it from which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for his creation on the day of judgment. Who said the statement? Who's, who said the statements? Who says the statements? Who said the statement? Yeah, this is what happens in your laughing class. I know I crack on some good ones. Come on, come back to the class. Imam Tabari rahimahullah. Imam Tabari rahimahullah. Allah ihfadkum ya Rabb. Now, Imam Tabari rahimahullah, he brings. An athar of Ibn Abbas He says And in the hereafter They have full conviction Ibn, Ibn Abbas He says In the resurrection And the afterlife 
and the paradise and the hellfire and the judgment and the scales. This is to say that these are not the people who claim to believe in that which came before you and they disbelieve in what you have been given from your Lord. This is Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu. Again? Again? Okay. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu. He says, And in the hereafter they have full conviction. He says, In the resurrection and the afterlife and the paradise and the hellfire and the judgment and the scales. This is to say that these are not the people who claim to believe in that which came before you. So the people who claim to believe in that which came before Nabi Sallallahu who are they? The Yahud and the Nasara. Right? The Yahud and the Nasara. They say that we believe in that which came before. But they disbelieve in what you have been given from your Lord. They disbelieve in what you have been given يعني, from the Risala of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the message of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala upon Muhammad. They disbelieved in that. So these are not those people who disbelieved in what Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had, but they claimed to believe upon that which came before Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So Imam Tabari Rahimahullah using this statement of Ibn Abbas Rabbiallahu Anhuma, he says, this shows us that even that the verses themselves from its beginning is regarding the characteristics of the believers, but it is also a critique and a criticism of the disbelievers from the people of the book. It is a criticism, you wouldn't think it when you first read the verses, but this is also a criticism of the disbelievers of the people of the book. Those who claim to be upon that which was brought before by the prophets before Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they disbelieved in, disbelieved in the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So they claim to believe upon those who came before while disbelieving in the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. These verses that have come before is also a criticism of those people because they haven't come with all of the conditions of belief. So over here, this is a firm stance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if one does not believe in the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, even if they did all of the things, every single thing that came before the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they are upon clear misguidance. They are upon clear misguidance. And this is something that's important. That if someone was to believe, like let's just say, hypothetically speaking, they found the original Torah. They found the original Injil. They found the original Suhuf. They found the original Zabur. All of it. Every single line. Right? Word for word. As it was revealed. Let's just say, it's impossible. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says it's corrupted. But let's just say, they found it. And it came to us. Okay? Now once it comes to us, if someone believed in every single minute, minuscule line of it, today, line by line, applying every law that was commanded upon them, Every law, but they did not believe in the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the Quran and the Sunnah today. Then over here, do we say this person has believed? No, because our religion, the Quran, abrogates everything that comes before, and the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the final messenger. So the one who does not accept the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has not really accepted Allah subhanahu wa taala, and the one who does not accept Allah subhanahu wa taala then his position is clear. He will be in the hellfire and he will be in there for all of eternity. 
بارك الله فيكم وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم وجزاكم الله خيرا والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته This program was presented by Al-Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah.